You are listening to the Brentwood Baptist Church Life Group Leader Podcast, a resource to equip and encourage group leaders on their journey toward being disciples and making disciples through life groups. Here are your hosts, Jay Fennell and Paul Wilkinson. Greetings to you, Life Group Leaders. Thank you for tuning in to another Life Group Leader Podcast for Brentwood Baptist Church. I'm Jay Fennell, and across from me is Paul Wilkinson. Say hello, Paul. Hey, group leaders. He's always so good about his his greeting. It's so creative. My favorite part every week. <laughs> well, we're glad to be with you again this week, and uh, we're excited about another week in the spiritual leadership curriculum that we are currently using in our life groups. Many of you are using them. Also had the benefit of listening, of having our platform speakers uh, speak through and talk about spiritual leadership and worship services. And last week we had the benefit of having David Hanna from Lachlan Springs, Church at Lachlan Springs with us. This Sunday we'll have Mike Glenn back in the back in the pulpit here on the Brentwood campus. This week, though, uh, we're, we're talking about Chapter 5, and it's the title of it is Humility Marks True Leadership. And the, the, the question is, why study this lesson, is that spiritual leaders humbly point people to Jesus rather than themselves while still accepting, fulfilling their God-assigned leadership role. This week we're going to be looking at the life of John the Baptist as that one person that uh, really ex- exhibited uh, a humility in his leadership as he prepared the way for the Lord. And so it's going to be exciting to kind of talk about humility and talk about leadership this week. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I think, said it best. Many of you have heard this quote before. He says that humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but it's more of thinking your, of yourself less. And I think there's a difference, wouldn't you say, Paul? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we we don't want to uh, debase ourselves for no reason. We don't want to deny our value given us by Christ, but we do want the ministry and the work to not be about us. We want to be mediums and vehicles and blinking signs. I was asking Paul earlier about humility, and he made the comment and said uh, that he's the most humble person he knows. So I really appreciate that, Paul. Thank you. I don't know very many people, so that's the the main reason why. (laughs) I'm just only joking. And well, everyone we asked to interview this week was too humble to accept our offer. They're going to talk about their humility, so we're stuck in a paradox of humility here. <laughs> so you're stuck with us, uh, two people that struggle with humility all the time. But I would say that... Uh, but are often humiliated. Yes. Humility is a, is a hard attitude, not, a, not necessarily just an outward demeanor. And many people can put on an outward show of humility, but their heart is really... Uh, very selfish and and, and um, full of pride and arrogance, but we see that Jesus um, exalted the humble and talked about the poor in spirit, and 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 had other uh, descriptors like that to to really highlight the value of the humble servant of God. We see in Scripture multiple occasions of Jesus humbling himself. Um, and we're going to take a look at Philippians 2 here in just a second. But, you know, things that come to mind are uh, how Jesus served his disciples and how he washed their feet and he, um, you know, put them first in, in, a lot of, in a lot of scenarios in his ministry. 
And uh, and our focal passage for this week comes from mainly from the book of John, the Gospel of John. And we read in the Gospel of John about this John the Baptist. And it comes from John 1, 19 through 39 which is the primary text, and there are a few others there listed that that um, are going to be uh, could be used as well. But uh, but G- but John the Baptist is, you know, uh, performing his ministry. He's baptizing. He's preaching the gospel, and leaders come and ask him about his uh, credentials and who is he and. Why is he baptizing the way that he is if he's not this person? They ask him in verse 24, chapter 1 in John, he says, um, so they asked him, why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? And John, he answered them, he said, I baptize with water. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. Then later on, we read in the chapter 3, I believe it is, where um, his disciples are, John the Baptist's disciples are a little bit unnerved at the, the attention that Jesus is receiving from from others. And, uh, the you know, he's he just become more popular. And John the Baptist makes a statement, he must become greater, I must become less, or he must increase and I must decrease. Um, showing the proper place in which uh, John the Baptist was. Um, he was the one that was to come and prepare the way for the Lord. He wasn't the Messiah. All attention wasn't to be put on him. He knew that. He re- he recognized that. He knew, though, that he had a specific role, that his role was important. It was a valuable role to the redemptive history, to, to the redemptive plan of God. Yet he also knew that all attention, that the center of attention should be on Christ. And I think that's a really good model for all of us as leaders. Uh, whatever we do, whatever God's called us to do, um, it's easy for us at times to um, seek that attention, to seek that notoriety, to seek the credit. But we have to be very, very careful that everything that we have, everything we are belongs to God. And it's come to us as a gift given to us. And we are to use that gift for one purpose and that is to deflect glory and to um, lift up the name of Christ in our lives through everything that we do. And Christ himself is the one that gives us the example of how we ought to operate in the way that he, although being of equal worth um, in his essence and his core nature and being to that of the Father, just continually pointed to the Father. Uh, I only do what I see the Father doing and I pray this so they'll know that you, Father, are coming, you know, here to heal, to raise Lazarus, I mean to say. In Philippians 2, uh, 5 and following, express this attitude. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible. If you recall back to our Transforming Truths, we talked about this in the context of Christ's incarnation and Christology. So I'll, just, I'll read some of these verses. It'd be a great text to unpack with your groups this week. Uh, Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5. Adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, 
And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the exaltation for the Christian is in our very obedience to the supreme gift and the supreme worthy being in the universe, which is the triune Godhead. And so we see the second person of the Trinity of equal worth to the Father functionally, the word that theologians use, functionally submit to the will of the Father. And then in that, Christ himself receives exaltation, elevated to the name above all names. And then that re-glorifies the Godhead again after the fact. So it's just a really amazing thing. And of course, it immediately reflects us back to Jesus with John and his brother, not John the Baptist, John the disciple and his brother, about who can sit at the right or the left. But to be first in the kingdom, you need to be last. And the last in the kingdom shall be the first. So the Christian the Christian ideal is just sort of upside down from our intuitive or at least our fallen our fallen way of thinking. Yeah, and the world would say, you know, that uh, the proper way to think is to elevate yourself. You know, one of the things, I don't know about you, but I'm just speaking transparently here. I don't necess- I don't like to watch the award show, the Hollywood award shows, the, the the Grammys and the Emmys and all those different award shows. And even though the the people on there are very gifted and very very talented, it it just to me it just drips of of arrogance and pride in a lot of times, um, self congratulation and, and all the things that come with that. And um, I so I I it just you know for me I just I don't even turn that on and watch. What I am attracted to, though, are those that uh, are humble in heart and those who re- recognize uh, how grateful they are, those that recognize that all that they have is from the Lord. I was telling Paul earlier that uh, about 10 years ago or so, I was on a mission journey to Toronto, Canada, and I came across a missionary while there. He and his wife had been serving in the Toronto area for many years, and he had a ministry towards the Muslim community there. And as I got to know him a little bit and we began to spend time together, I was just captivated by his spirit and his heart and his humility. And I I didn't couldn't put a picture I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint what it was that attracted me to him while I was there. It's just for whatever reason I just felt like I wanted to be in his presence all the time. And uh, because it was just a refreshing look at a at a servant of Christ who understood what his calling was and what God had gifted him and called him to do. And he did it and he did it faithfully and he did it obediently and he wasn't trying to draw attention to himself. He was simply there to serve the Lord. And uh, I was just drawn to this guy. And I love that you talk about he knew his gifting. Uh, he probably knew he was good at what he did. He's probably mm-hmm. aware of that because of the fruit that was being harvested and the power of the Spirit through him. That reminds me, of, I just brought it up on the computer, De- Deuteronomy eight sixteen is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Learned it as a very young ethicist. Uh, but here's here's Deuteronomy eight sixteen and following. G- uh, God fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers had not known, And the reason he did it was in order to humble and to test you so that in the end he might cause you to prosper. So the humility results in our prospering. And so now here's the warning. 
You may say to yourself, My power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth, and he does it in order to confirm his covenant he swore to your fathers as it is today. Uh, So just like that guy you were talking about, um, he uses his gifts, but he doesn't say, It's my power, my um, charismatic nature, or my eloquent speaking that is reaping this harvest, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through me. And this is confirming the the new covenant that we have in the resurrection of Christ. And it's beautiful. It really is a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm sure that's what drew you to him. Yeah. And he had glorious. And he had a successful ministry. I mean, it was just amazing to see about almost everything he touched turned to gold, um, so to speak. I mean, it was just amazing that how through his service, uh, ministries began people got saved it was just but but yeah he didn't talk about any of that stuff and i think one of the one of the the qualities of humble people is they don't they don't even know that they're being humble they don't, they're not aware of it they're going oh yeah i'm being humble right now or i'm a humble person they don't think about those things because they're not thinking about themselves they're thinking about others and when their minds and their hearts are so directed and and are are looking at others and serving others. It's it didn't have time to look at self. So it was he was definitely one that did not elevate self. Self doesn't. Um, let's see what's, what I'm trying to say. Self doesn't humble self. It's not something you just can conjure up inside yourself and say, I'm, "Where I am humble, sign <laughs> I'm with humble. <laughs> I'm going to be humble, and I'm just going to like just really just with all my strength strive for for humility." That didn't happen. It's a it's a heart demeanor that the Lord gives to us, and but that comes through a recognition of who we are in comparison to our holy God. And 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 let's be honest, none of us have what we have, especially our salvation and our forgiveness apart from from God. So we have really no place to be pride, proudful, or uh, proud or arrogant at all. Yeah, even like this Deuteronomy 8 text is God gives us the power to even do what we do well. God keeps us alive. I like to say, or or maybe I guess I do say, maybe I don't like to say it, but I could drop dead in the middle of recording, of recording this thing. So everything we have is a, a function of our dependence upon God. The question is always, always, are we going to recognize that and submit to it? Or are we going to puff our chests out and say, well, no, it's me. It's me that gets this thing done. Uh, so an example of this for me, and I don't consider this sucking up because I'm 99.9% sure he doesn't he doesn't listen to this, but I've been here about a year now, and probably in my first couple of weeks, I was talking to Mike Glenn about what's uh, just what's the three most important things I ought to be doing, and the first thing he said was reproducing yourself, raising up leaders. You got to constantly be raising up leaders. Um, and then I asked him to elaborate on that a little more. And as we discussed it, he talked about um, having mentored Jay Strother, Aaron Bryan, and these guys. And he said, it's such a blessing. And it's, it's probably the most fun part of ministry is seeing the people who you walked with go out on their own, become independent and do well. And people come to ask me, this is him talking, am I am I jealous? Boy, Aaron preaches good or boy, Jay preaches good. He says, what do I have to be jealous about? I mean, I, I help produce them. So you just get to sort of buy into to their abilities and, and their harvest and what they're doing with their lives. And he's always very quick to say that he truly believes if he were to go away that 
any one of the guys we have preaching at any of the campuses could step in here and not miss a beat that that the church is not a function of him that he's just a just one more vessel expressing his gifts uh, by which it grows here and i think that's the right attitude yeah it is and i think what you heard, what i heard in that paul is that for him he rejoices in their successes you know he's not jealous Definitely. he's not jealous of the success he's like not a proud dad yeah, he's, you know, he can look down south and see Station Hill growing and doing some amazing ministry down there in the southern part of our county and um, and immediately get a little bit jealous of not seeing maybe the same percentage growth numbers on the Brentwood campus as you might see it in Station Hill. That's not the case at all. Instead, it's it's a celebration. It's 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 being glad. It's being happy. It's congratulating. It's it's patting on the back and saying, "Man, I rejoice with you in the in the um, the amazing things God is doing down here and how He's using you mightily. Um, you know, I think it'd be good to have those conversations in your life group this week, and maybe you might even want to ask someone to share um, an example of someone in their life that demonstrates this godly humility um, that's been ins- inspirational to them. And have some stories. Have them share some stories. It might be a parent or grandparent or an employer or a friend or a mentor, but it's somebody that uh, that they can um, talk about as as a model for humility in their own life. In contrast, they may even want to uh, talk about some character qualities of people that don't show those hum- those those humble qualities as well. Maybe not name names or <laughs> or uh, if, you <laughs> if possible, yeah, but. Uh, but you know what is it about those people that kind of repulse us? You know, uh, or you know, Paul's laughing at me for using the word repulse. I guess it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one, man. But it, I think that's true. You know, we don't want to be around arrogant, proud people. What is it about those people that make you go, man? I don't want to be like that. So, uh, humble servant leadership is such an important character quality in leadership that uh, uh, can't can't uh, stress it enough. I really like on page 50 of our travel log, uh, the three points or the three, I guess it's a definition more than anything, or maybe uh, conditions or features of the humble person that Orge raises and elevates. Number one, humility is appropriate self-appraisal, seeing yourself as God sees you. So again, not debasing, uh, not devaluing yourself. It's not just beating yourself up or calling yourself worthless. It's saying, I am who God made me to be, and I express the gifts and function in the ministry role that God made for me. Number two, that humility is adopting God's perspective on who you are and what you are assigned to do. So that as we're manifesting, as we're ministering, we're always pointing to God because he He uh, created us to do that work. And again, I'll, I'll reference back to my seminary preaching professor. It's not bad to do good at your work. It's, no, it's not wrong to be a really, really great teacher because if you're not, uh, doing well at the teaching and it's uh, in his words a train wreck then you're going to be the focus not the lord so to to pray to be better to pray to improve and to practice and to study those are all good things that in the end elevate christ uh, number three humility is the attitude that emerges as you learn to think about yourself and your leadership role as god does and this is what jay's been hammering the whole time is that it's a, it's a heart issue and that heart issue of humility overflows into the actions uh, that, that it's generated from within, not just a facade on the outside. It's not just a shell, but it's just the essence of who we are. And that comes with a submission to God 
and a soft heart that the spirit works on over time to make us who he needs us to be or who he desires. I hesitate to use needs. So who, who, who the spirit desires us to be for the sake of the kingdom. You know, as we, as we come to a close with this, this podcast, I think one of the things that uh, would be worth talking about that really puts all of this in perspective, uh, especially when it comes to our own accomplishment and what we are, um, have the ability to do when it comes to serving the Lord or, um, or, um, accomplishing anything for God. John, Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 27, uh, John the Baptist says this, No one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. And I think that just reminds me that uh, any of the abilities that I have, the the talents, my ability to, to relate to someone or any limited charisma that I might have in my life or my ability to shoot a, a basketball or, a, you know, or sink a putt from 30 feet. Out. I mean, everything that I have that God could possibly use for his kingdom is, is given to me and can be taken away. And, uh, and so in that there's just no room at all for any sort of presumption or pride or arrogance around who I am as a person to think more highly than I ought, you know? Um, and, and again, you know, I think it's important that we don't debase ourselves as Paul says, and, and to think, um, less of ourselves necessarily because we are created in the image of God and God has a unique role for us to play in his kingdom. We are significant and we are important people. So in a strange way, we should want to be humble. And like Jay said, the only way to uh, have anything is that we receive it as a gift. So pray for humility. Uh, Pray that the Lord does a work in you to make you humble. And from the inside, the uh, external actions of humility are going to flow. And it's all a function of our submission. Uh, And you've submitted to your call to be group leaders. We appreciate you for that. You do such great work with your groups. And we're really, really proud to be a part of it and elevate your ministry and your work. Because you're the engine that makes it go. Thank you for all you do and have a great group.